clear Coming through geocache talk A voice on the line I hear Coming through geocache talk It's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Treble Bugs for our opening and our featured patrons, Sue's Mom, Runner Casher, De Truck, Jay Schulz, Little Miss Sunshine, Just Finding Our Way, Whiskey, AWOL, Sackishness, The Fours Awakens, and our new patrons, Adi Olson, Autumn EB, Team Monroe's, Joke Urus. I don't know if I'm going to get that one right, Jesse. I'm working on it. I don't know if that one's right either, but we'll, I'm sure Joker we'll find not. Yeah, Joker Us, Skippy Teddy 83 and Casperfly, and Retired Guy. If you'd like to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron Heart. Oh, it's a heart on the front page of the Geocache Talk website, or head on over to patreon.com forward slash Geocache Talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous Blackout Coin. Yours is in the car. No, I do have. You got something? The original green one tonight. So. Oh, the green oh, one. There you go. Uh, oh well, show off. You had yours by by you. And the leaderboard challenge. I got that one put away too. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, more on that. More on coins. Another day. We'll talk about. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They get that. They get uh, bonus content, invites to special events, uh, book club. When's the next book club? The 21st, I believe. It's coming up in pretty soon. Week, week from tomorrow? Yeah. 21st, book club. Mm-hmm. So if you join, you can join the book club as well. Well, yeah, I'm doing another geocaching, exactly geocaching related, not a geocaching adjacent book this time. Yep. You get that. You get the book club free. How about that? Part of the package deal. Uh, you also get, like I said, special event invites only for patrons. Mm-hmm. We got a patron party coming up in a couple Tuesdays. Week from Tuesday, we have a patron party where we um, always leak news that we can't say on the air. Yep, That's- they will get they will get the latest news because they're patrons. That's part of the. That's part. We, we we can barely keep Gary from spilling the secrets that we're not supposed to tell, so we have to let him tell somebody. So that's yeah, we get to spill those. So I get I get to tell the patrons, it, and so yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, make it till then without spilling any more beans. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying really hard, but it's really difficult because this is the. Well, we got two big things now. I mean, giant things. I mean, enormous like enormous galactical type things that are incredible that we're going to be doing. So but you're not going to ruin by mentioning them. No, so. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Support levels start at as little as bison tube level, which is three dollars a month. Uh, goes up to golden ammo can, ten dollar a month. Um, obviously, depending on your levels, you get different things. Oh yeah. Get some benefit. You get benefits for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's jump right into show two fifteen. So, welcome to the show, Randy and Carolyn. Welcome to Geocache Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting us. 
absolutely surprised you there sorry about that uh uh should have warned you where was, i was going to that and that's the thing nowadays you're supposed to like catch them you know either catch yeah. them and scare you or make you cry so we're not gonna do either one of those though no we won't do that no <laughs> it's not uh, that kind of show yeah no we're we're we're, we're very excited to have y'all on we have a lot of cool things to to cover tonight Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to do a little bit of news, so I want to introduce you because I want you guys can also comment. We're going to do just a, a couple news items, but if you happen to see something um, that you would like to comment on, then please do. And we were going to talk some news here for a moment. See now, you're using our breaking news just for. I am. News. It's we always breaking news tonight. It's breaking news every night. Let's start with our. Let's start with our sponsor. How about that? Okay. Right in the rain is our sponsor for really for the month. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, products. Um, tell us more, Jesse. So obviously, right in the rain is the gold standard for logbooks. If uh, just exactly what we're talking about tonight, when we get into the show, I guarantee you on the kind of cash we're talking about tonight, you'd rather have right in the rain than uh, a receipt from Walgreens. So uh, I was fortunate enough to get out and find some caches this weekend. And uh, it was, there was an extreme difference between waterproof logs and, you know, and then the mush that you can't even write your name on. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I try to keep some with me, but I'm not going to replace somebody's mush with a high quality thing. If they don't care enough to do it, I'm not going to put it in myself. But if I'm going to make my own cash, there's no way I'm not going to put right in the rain in all my caches in the future. After, after coming across mush, I just, that reminds me all the time. And right now it's super cheap. They got us a 30% discount just for using the code geocache. So you can get yeah. enough for a long time. I have a big stack of them. 30, 30% off. And you can, you can, um, you can parlay that into, Maybe even fifty percent off if you do it, if you find the right sale items. So like the super shopper, like that thing where they get you know that's right and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Um, the blog entries. We have somebody who's got one, maybe possibly mm-hmm. working on, but we need like five more. So go write. Everybody go write five blog entries. No, I'm kidding. But we do need about five in the in the in the hopper. What we need. Our- to do- Swamp Angie. So if everybody wrote five, like twenty people wrote five, yes, we send a hundred in this weekend. Then she would tell us to stop sending in blog entries, which would be awesome. We've never had that happen. So no, I think yours just published. Uh oh, your be- benchmark one. Did you not? Was that supposed to come out yet? <laughs> you're, are you ruining news already? Is that what you're doing? Oh, I'm sorry. No, what was Jesse was- for a blog entry? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me play the let me play the bumper. Wait. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, I'm gonna get we got to get uh, our awesome video guy who is in the chat room to uh, make us a regular news so you'll stop using the breaking news every time. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, I'll, okay. yeah, we need we need uh, so Derek, make us a non uh, special announcement news one for me, if you would, sir. Um, Thank you. Did you want to mention uh, you have the Adventure Lab notification on there? Do you have something new on that? Have you gotten one yet? Uh, I, yeah, I you know that was as I mentioned that was the first real thing I really kind of got was I never got any virtuals like you did and all that but I'm not going to complain I was just glad to get an adventure lab did you guys get adventure lab 
Randy and Carolyn? We did. Oh, good. Have you pulled it out yet? Or are you making it? You're thinking about it. We were going to create it in the in the place where gold was created, uh, Coloma, discovered in California, and the state park set, uh, read our description and said, "This is cool. We're going to do it ourselves." <laughs> we had to find another another location. So, like, hang on a minute, you can't steal our idea. Well, they can because it's their property, so they can absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. We, we have we have no option, although they. Don't know how to do it, are not members of geocaching, don't have an invitation. So we'll see. <laughs> have y'all have y'all found many of those? Yeah, we found quite a few. We like them too. And we'll get into that later, but that's I think now's the perfect time for it. But I think they're doing their second round. So a lot of people around me have gotten their second round of notification for, for Adventure Labs for the people that had the first one. So that came out pretty recently, but I know many people have mentioned they got their second round of them. So Hopefully we see a bunch of those coming out soon too. So, yep. Hang on, Joshua. We're gonna we're gonna talk about kayaks. He's got two kayak only adventure labs in Minneapolis. That's oh cool. wow. How about that kayak only adventure labs? That is pretty interesting. Yeah, that is that is really cool. Uh, yeah, we're definitely getting into some of that. That'd be cool. Um, uh, do, 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 Venture Labs. I can't, I can't talk about announcements. Upcoming shows, and then we'll get into topics. So, upcoming shows, I do want to mention uh, Doug McCray will be on the show next sun, next Sunday. Um, Doug, of course, is uh, the inventor of Ms. Pac-Man. Him and his, his buddies. When, uh, and if you want to hear the whole story, uh, we've done podcasts with, with Doug about it. We'll talk about it a little next Sunday, but we're going to talk about other things more uh, uh, interesting. Well, interesting. That's a very interesting, but uh, other topics that we have not covered with, with Doug, but um, you might want to check out high score it was on mm-hmm. Netflix, uh, especially episode one. Doug is featured in the first episode pretty prominently. So. He is. And it's, it's definitely a whether you like video games or not. It's a walk down memory lane because you remember them coming out, right? You remember that and how popular they were and everything else. Whether you like video games or not, it's a very interesting documentary to watch. Yep. So he will be on, and then in in two weeks, uh, we've got coming back uh, Alexandra Boylan. Alexandra is. Uh, we've had her on a couple times. We had her on during podcast to hope. Uh, and we also talked about uh, the geocaching movie, geocaching themed movie that they did. And um, we're going to talk a bit about geocaching and, and media, kind of revisit that um, topic. And I'm going to bring up the thing that I'm championing, but nobody believes me, which is that you could do a quality. Josh was in the chat room. He could back me well, He probably won't back me up. But anyway, maybe somebody in the chat room will back me up that you could do a quality geocaching uh, documentary and make it interesting. But everybody says that you'd have to make it, you'd have to make it weird or you'd have to make it like amazing race with a bunch of weird people or stuff. And I think you can do it without doing all that. Yeah. I I'm one of those people that doesn't believe you, but I really want you to prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm going to try good out there, but I just don't believe it right now. So uh, Alexander is going to talk a little bit about that. She's going to talk a little bit about, um, women in media and 
and they're in relation to geocaching um, uh, vlogs and blogs and documentaries possibly that you know maybe have better ideas than than Jesse and I. So anyway, that's in a couple of weeks, and then three weeks we're thinking creative cash builds. We're still kind of uh, things are a little bit in flux um, because some of us are traveling, and so we're we're sort of. We're juggling the last couple items there, but that's okay. All right. Uh, let's get into talking to Randy and Carolyn. Uh, let's start with the usual question people always ask is, how in the heck did you get started in geocaching? <laughs> well, I had a friend of mine who was a salesman in Reno, and he won a... Magellan Platinum, Meridian Platinum, Platinum Geo, uh, GPS, and he said, I don't want this thing, and he gave it to me. And so I tried to figure out what to do with it, exactly that. I got I a Meridian first, right here. First couple of thousand geocaches was with that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, that that uh, was surprisingly good. I, I, I thought it was, it was a good thing until yeah. I had it with me one time when I was uh, – kayaking and I rolled my kayak and it wasn't waterproof as advertised. <laughs> uh, so that was wow. the end. Uh, but uh, he gave that to me and we went out the next day and found a, a geocache called Quacking Up by the Slough. And uh, it was just a nothing geocache next to a, a waterway near where we lived. And uh, we're caught and we got very excited about it that time there were not a lot of geocachers in the Reno, Nevada area. And so we mm -hmm. very quickly got in with them and started placing and finding. And most of the cache, nobody had ever heard of LPCs or, right. uh, or guardrail caches or anything like that at that point. And pretty much all the caches were some kind of ammo can or some kind of larger container placed up in the hills somewhere. And, you know, that's what we loved. Matter of fact, you could buy ammo cans. My best deal on ammo cans was five for $20. Oh, wow. That is good. Ammo cans. Yeah. Uh, not anymore, but no, probably not. Back, Did, back then that, that makes it reasonable to place ammo cans. Yeah, no, definitely. Now um, we've all had different experiences where our spouse was uh, Carolyn. Were you, were you on board? from the get-go or did you kind of go, I don't know about this? Well, he just, he took off and started doing it and I trailed along behind, but he <laughs> did a lot of it without me because I was at home with kids and mm -hmm. uh, running a business and things like that. So he'd get up at four in the morning and go find a geocache and come back to bed, you know, so <laughs> I wasn't getting up. Now, it was about a oh, six year period in there where I probably found, 90% of the first to finds. Right. And that, that required me getting up first thing in the morning and, and beating other people. And then finally some other people started beating me at it. And then finally I said, yeah, it's okay. I, not a big deal anymore. <laughs> we stopped, I stopped counting. I stopped counting first to finds in 2010, I think. Yeah. Cause you started, it was in 04, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started a couple years after you, but yeah, I was um, printing them out on paper and then 
Sue, my wife would, uh, she'd yep. mark them as we'd go. She would mark off, you know, found or didn't DNF. And then when we got home, we'd, you know, mark them in, but. Yep. That's what we do is print out the, you know, the sheet with the yep. description and the hint and the good old days and go out and find them. And of course you couldn't extemporize, you know, if you got out there and saw yeah. three others out there, you had to find them without the hint. Yep. So doing the hard, doing the hard way. I started way later in the game than you and Gary did. Uh, so I was a cell phone cashier the whole time. Do you still cash with a GPS? Actually, this summer, we we did pretty much our whole trip. We took a 45-day trip this summer. Wow. Coast to coast, 10,000 miles, uh, 22 states. And mm-hmm. I had the GPS on maybe twice. Mm. But, uh now that now that we have GLONASS and you know really good accurate uh, GPS on the on the phones, right? Uh, I don't see any reason to to carry the the manual one unless I'm placing one because I think I, I get a little better accuracy out of it. I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm I've tried to be very careful. I'm, I know you do. I know Jesse does too. But we when you're when I'm putting one out, I, it's it works if I've got – lately I've been able – I've been lucky because I put one out at our cot museum. Well, where I put the birdhouse, it was clear where it was because I'd have it on a pole out at the museum. Yeah. But, yeah, I try to at least coordinate my phone with another phone. Like both Susan and I will look at them, and then we'll try to look at it on Google Earth or somewhere and try to figure out try – to, try to do some cooperation. I don't know. I fully admit I'm a 0% GPS cacher. I have 100% on the phone for hides and yep. phones and everything. And it is your own one? style, right? So, did you ever own a GPSR? I've owned three. Uh, have you really? Okay. I think technically, I haven't owned three. We bought one. So, I know we're getting off topic here, right? But this is okay. We're going to talk about a lot of old school style caching anyway. So, yeah, we are. We bought one of the ones. I can't remember what it's called, but it was, it was a partnership with GPS. It was like the kids' version thing. Yep. Y'all remember what there was a promotion for a while and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it was made it came, for geocaching. Preloaded with geocaches in it. Yeah. It was terrible. Um, Geomate. Maybe that's what it was. Geomate, I think. Uh, I thought maybe the kids would like that. They didn't. Um <laughs> and then uh but I had a and I've mentioned it many times on the show, so I'm not going to story, but I had a mentor from the very beginning yeah. that kind of showed me, he gave me a GPS to use and said, Here's how you use it, and you know, taught me how about maps and stuff like that. And uh so I had that one here for a long time. And then I won one at a mega one time that I never opened the box. It's still right. in the drawer over there. And I never opened the box. It's like a touch screen, but I just couldn't find a reason. I mean, I started way later than you guys. Right. So I never could find a reason not to use my phone. So it, it is, it is what it well, is. I, what, one good reason is waterproofness. Uh, my, my phone until this version was not waterproof and yeah. Uh, when we did the Grand Canyon, um, I had waypoints for every rapid and every camp spot all the way down the river. And Carolyn sat in the front and I rode and she would warn me, there's a rapid around this next bend. We'll want to scout this one. Yep. And uh, couldn't have done that with a phone. Right. Yeah. And, and, and plus, uh, when you're gone for two weeks, uh, you, right. can, you can carry... 24 AA batteries. Right. 
recharging your phone is a hassle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. There's definitely different uses for all of them. When you're out, out in the middle of potentially. You can't trust you know, those waterproof containers for your phone. I've used those and they're not trustworthy. No. No. I, I, I usually put it in a Ziploc inside the no, that's cool. water, waterproof container. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges. I mean, we have challenge talk, but we get to talk. We, we can't give all that to to challenge talk, right, Jesse? We got to talk a little challenges sometimes. Yeah, we, we have to talk about challenges every once in a while. <laughs> so um, we'll talk about a couple that you guys have done, and um, which is I find fascinating. I've done I've done some, but uh, I don't. Uh, I want to do more. Susan, and I talked about doing some more even today um, or even creating one, but um, um, Marcellus has a funny comment probably keeping Dorm books afloat at this point. So yeah. apparently Marcellus is buying. Great. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Cause Delorm is one of them. So since Marcellus brought it up, let's talk a little bit about Delorm. Um, Nevada Delorme is one that you have done. Yeah, uh, amazing. We we uh, fifty three pages in the D Nevada Delorme book. Okay. Nevada is an amazing state. People think of it as flat. Right. How would you describe it, Carolyn? Well, it's very mountainous. <laughs> right. Most of it is over. 5,000 feet and most of the height and most of the mountain ranges are over 7,000 feet. So they're not huge mountain ranges, but there are more mountain ranges in Nevada than any other state. So um, it was, and there are very few paved roads in Nevada. Right. Especially if you're doing, as I brought up the DeLorme page, so just right. so we could kind of look at that. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's interesting. Like you said, the, and that's, I think it's a fascinating thing about Delorme is you, I mean, I love county caching. That's one of Susan and I's favorite things to do, but the Delorme gives a different twist <laughs> because as you can see by this map, there are, there's, there was probably some parts of uh, some Delorme pages and you're like, we are out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Most of them. <laughs> they are not the same. For anybody that doesn't know, the Delorme and the and the county challenges are not the same maps. No, not, not at all. Although if you do the Delorme, then you've done the county for the most part. Right, right. that's yeah. correct. Not the not the way they were, other way around, but yeah, uh, yeah. We we bought a new truck up in Idaho in 2014 mm -hmm. and came down into that northeast corner and drove all the way across those pages across the northern border. Okay. And there were three or five hour periods where we did not see another vehicle. Wow. Did not see a paved road. Mm. Uh, oh, it that's was true. Pretty amazing. We we did get just one flat tire on that or multiple flat tires. Yes, it was a brand new truck with brand new tires, and we had a flat tire before we got to Gerlock. <laughs> Dang. Before we got to where the Black Rock Desert Black is. Black Desert, yeah. Um, just uh, amazing. And then finally, uh, actually, We'd never even heard of Delorme until maybe 2010 or something. But we had, when we looked at it first, we found out we had 42 of the pages just from incidentally caching. 
Oh, okay. So, so we said, okay, let's finish this. And over several years, we would had a daughter that went to college down in, in Phoenix. And so we'd catch pages as we went down. And, uh, and then so finally, what was it, about 2016, we said, okay, let's finish this. Right. And so we took a long anniversary weekend. Um, actually, it was in February uh, yeah. weekend and went over to the eastern border, the border with, uh, with Utah and finished the, the last of our pages over there. Wow. And, uh, but anyway, pretty amazing because you see parts of the state you would never even think of going otherwise. And uh, Nevada is an amazing state. Just uh, some of the parks and some of the history, lots of history, a lot of mm -hmm. ghost towns. Um, driving the loneliest highway, Highway 50, goes mm -hmm. east. And uh, it goes over, I think, seven 7,000 foot passes wow. within Nevada itself. So you you go through a, a high pass and then you drop down and drive another 50 miles and then another pass. And sometimes there would be not a single house in mm. that 50 miles. Right. This is an amazing, amazing place. Uh, so anyway, that really helped us feel like, hey, we get this the, a sense of place for the state of Nevada. And uh, so right now we're working on Northern Northern California. California right. actually has all of California, North half, South half as, as separate, the Lorms. And so we're, oh. uh, we're working on the North half at the moment. Oh, interesting. I wonder if other states split up the DeLorme that way or not. I'm not. Colorado's is all one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Alaska's DeLorme pages are split up, but anyway. Yeah. Well, Northern Californians would like to be a separate state, frankly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they, they like the, the DeLorme pages to come become true. So, Well, Gary, you've probably come close to at least doing some damage on the Texas DeLorme, right? Yeah. I'm down to a couple. Um, I'm kind of um, very similar to uh, Marcellus. Marcellus and I have finished all the counties, but um, um, where was the one he mentions? Hang on a second. Oh, no, Tom mentioned it. He goes, he needs three to finish Texas. Port Isabel, I think I need that one area. I think I got the Big Ben, Big ben areas covered. I've got I got a weird deal because of the dorm pages, even though I did the counties along the very top of the panhandle of Texas. Why? I don't know. But the DeLorm page, there's some sort of weird <laughs> tiny little squares of DeLorme up at the very, very top of, of a couple of those counties. So it's like, oh, no, I got to go back and do those. So Well, I'll drive both of y'all and everybody in the chat room crazy when I say that I'm not working on DeLorme yet. I'm going to finish my counties and we're saving DeLorme for later. Yeah. yeah. It's a game, right. You know, so. Yeah. But Jesse, when you, when you look at your DeLorme, you'll find you've got more than half of them done. Oh yeah. You're tremendously yeah. yeah. And I've looked at it, you know, obviously with project GC and, you know, with all the my caching geocaching profile, you can follow it, but we don't intentionally go after DeLorme and people are like, why aren't you doing that? If you're doing the counties, because just like when you finish the States, you don't get to do it again. Yeah, so I need to save some things for later down the road. So, yeah, yeah. but there, there were times when we we had to go back to get one that if we had just gotten an LPC, 
we would have had that square and didn't yeah. have to drive that 200 miles to get to that one. That is the logical thing to do, but I, I want to save some things for, for years down the road. And it drives people crazy, and it's completely illogical. But you know what? Everybody plays the game their own way, right? That's right. That's right. I found it interesting uh, the way you you designated because a lot of, a lot of people have done fizzy. Fizzy is sort of a very common challenge, but I liked um, and I know Jesse is going to be jazzed about this, but I like the fact that you you specified that you have done the fizzy using is it 04 and back? Is that how you? No, uh, the no. original fizzy, the first okay. fizzy that came out, right? Was that uh, was dedicated to fizzy magic. Right and right, the it was it was created on uh, April sixth, two thousand seven. Right, and they specified they didn't want people publishing caches so that they could fill a square. Right, so, and I've seen people do that with the regular frisbee. They say, okay, you need a, and the real weird ones are like the one and a half, four and a half. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. And so they go out and place an LPC and call it a one and a half, four and a half. Well, they didn't want that happening. So right. they required you to find caches that were only published before the date that cache was published. Right. Which means they were old caches. And we found it, uh, I think, in 2010, maybe. I don't know. It's been mm -hmm. a number of years ago. And by the way, the the location of that is in one of the fires here in California. Oh no. Uh, we, we'll, we'll see whether it survived or not. It's in big basin state park near big Sur. Right. And, um, but anyway, we, we did that, but the problem is in some cases finding those weird combinations, mm -hmm. uh, required hundreds of miles of travel. Right. And, uh, some pretty extreme caches. Right. And, and we 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 found some amazing ones. One one of the ones, one of my favorite ones, was called Flight Eight Hundred Two. Yes. Flight Eight Hundred Two was an airplane that took off uh, out of Mammoth Lakes, or what it was was an ABC Wide World of Sports film crew out of Burbank, California, that had been filming in Mammoth, California, and uh, they were going home for the weekend, and so they drove to Bishop, which is only maybe 30 miles away, and the plane took off, and for some reason, nobody knows why, it hit the top of a mountain in the White Mountains, which is the opposite side from the Sierra, but also 14,000 feet high. And uh, the spot they hit was about 9,000 feet high. And they just, if they had been 50 feet higher, they would have missed it. Uh, but for some reason, 36 people died like that oh, and uh, 32 people in the flight crew and another six people. And uh, it was in such a remote spot that they didn't even bother to send a rescue crew up to try to find it. Uh, what they did is uh, wait till the next morning and then they hiked up just to see what what was left. They knew there wouldn't be any people left. Right. And they, everybody in Bishop saw the flame up on the mountain burn all night because they had a full load of fuel when they took off. Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. But anyway, we, we went to that and that filled one of our squares. Uh, and 
what was that like four and a half five or something yeah, like that so rating on that yeah and five five four and a half yeah four and a half and yeah you're that right was one of the one of our missing squares and some friends and i went down to find it and it was pretty sobering because they had of course taken the bodies out but they left the personal stuff so there were shoes and shaving kits and uh, makeup and eyeglasses and things like this scattered all over the mountain. The fire had been so hot that it there were pools of aluminum that had melted that were in pools sitting there. And uh, of course, the parts of the airplane were all over. One of the landing gears and the landing gear on this, I think it was like an electrojet. It was a it was a turboprop. It wasn't a jet. Right had bounced and was like a half a mile down down this very steep mountain uh, so anyway very very sobering find for that yeah. and that was one of the ones we found that we probably wouldn't have found except for the storm challenge right here's a we're showing for the audio listeners we're showing some of the photos um that randy and carolyn took on this uh uh, this particular cache that's up there, uh, five, four and a half, and uh, some, uh, you know, some of your, some of your amazing photos. I mean, it's a, it's a, amazing spot. <laughs> Absolutely, I even mean, for that, you know, that connection, right? That, yeah. yeah. But now, did you know about that crash before you found this cache, or did, this is how you learned about that? I actually heard another geocacher talking about it. Well, okay. no, I, I had. I had lists. I, I would create a list of all the five four and a halfs published before that date. Right. And uh, look through the list. I probably spent many many hours studying that list. Right. And I, for every one of my missing squares, I had a, a query that showed me what was there, and you know I made a decision. This is the one we'll go after for that reason. Right. So, Anyway, anyway, good stuff and uh, pretty amazing things that we found looking for those old caches. They're almost all uh, ammo cans, and uh, particularly when you get to the high ones, they were they earned the points. You know, this was a legitimate right uh, five difficulty four and a half terrain. Right, it didn't require any special tools other than a good set of lungs, and uh, and and legs and uh you could probably get we didn't i didn't take my four-wheel drive to this so we probably only got within two miles of it and maybe oh maybe one or two thousand vertical feet of it wow so it was quite a quite a it's a colorado style hike to get to this yeah you like the old ones is that is that what you like going after the old besides this challenge here, the older ones? And because you don't like you've mentioned a couple of times, LPCs are not your thing. Everybody has their own style. What is what is your favorite type of caching then? Oh, I it's got to have an adventure associated with it. And very often that's the old ones, but not always. Right. You know, I, I, I like mysteries. I like caches that require you to to work to get to them. And uh and very often they're the old ones. This summer, when on our big trip that we took, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, we uh, 
we found the oldest in four states and, and a fifth one is disputed. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, Indiana has their oldest cache, but it was, it was archived and brought back. And so we found the one that had never been archived that was the oldest. So uh, they claim to be the oldest and the other one says, ah, oh, but we were published first. So, uh, <laughs> Ohio we does like that, that too. But we, we do like that. But um, we, uh, back in my rock climbing days, which have been a few years, um, had, a, had a system called the EPIC rating. And an EPIC rating is just like any other rating. You, E1 is, is a trip where there's no problems at all. Mm -hmm. And E2 is a minor problem, like um, you're low on fuel and have to turn around and get extra fuel. Um, E3 involves some kind of major inconvenience, like a flat tire or a dead battery. By the time you get up to E5, you've got an injury involved. E6 is an injury that involves going to the hospital. E7 is you're admitted to the hospital. Oh, wow. E8 is somebody dies. E, E9 is multiple people dies. And E10 is everybody dies and is never heard from again. Oh, my. So fortunately, we've never had anything higher than an E6. You knew but, that was coming. <laughs> but uh, we we enjoy uh, some kind of epic component to, to what we do. So yeah. some kind of uh, we've done rock climbing. We've done diving. We've done uh, caches where you have to repel. Uh and of course, we've done a lot of uh, kayaking caches, so uh, that that's our that's our big thing. But uh, we we enjoy the adventure aspect. I my tagline on the forum is "It's the journey." Yeah, and, uh, I've had I've had all, all day DNFs that I thoroughly enjoyed. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I I'm perfectly okay with. Spending all day to get one cash. Oh, that's that's right up Jesse's yeah, wheelhouse. <laughs> Some of my favorite caches are ones that I've never found. So, never found or one. It's in cold on top of a mountain. Can't find it because by the time you get there, conditions are too bad, and you still had a great day all day. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Jesse's had a few of those where I yeah. ask him how do six trips too. That happens. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 done both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the the fizzies, um, can you can you create a fizzy uh, challenge today that that does only, for example, the two thousand and or let's say you pick two thousand and six before? Can you can you specify that the cash owner has to find caches before a certain date? So. I can tell you the answer to that one to, to short it up. It depends. So the okay. answer to that one is you can say that you have to find older caches. The caches can be older. You can't say they have to find them at a certain time. Yeah, right? well, you can't say you right. have to found them before this cache came out. Right. Just like Jasmine or anything else, you can say they have to find older caches. Right. You can say they have to find them at a certain time because then new people couldn't do it. No, so right. Like, no, yeah. Right. But yeah. you could specify... You, yeah. yeah, yeah, not yeah. the not when they found it. Say it has to be before this year and in one state, if that was even a possibility, which is yes, probably right. Not. I mean, probably not. You yeah. can be specific with it. 
Well, and and there's all kinds of variations on on the jasmine. Yeah, do the jasmine with just uh, just in one state or just mystery caches or uh, just where I I don't think where it goes, but uh, you know whatever they they you can you can be real specific I think in in how you obtain yeah, that. Absolutely, uh, we we have one around here that requires you to get the jasmine, but you can't have logged any caches more than once. And uh, they used to allow that. Yeah. I've got, like there's mm -hmm. one in California called Three States in One Day. Well, I've done that a dozen times. <laughs> Back when I used to do consulting, I would right. be doing consulting in Washington, D.C. and drive to Maryland and fly back to Nevada and find a cache in each one of those. And uh, mm -hmm. So anyway, they they don't allow you to to claim the cash because uh, you have uh, so many thousand uh, caches, but only so many less than that are unique. Right. So. Yeah, I, I like the those are interesting ideas. Sort of tweaks on those, like doing like um, you mentioned about doing like double fizzy. You, you did the Northern Nevada double fizzy challenge and find that cash. That, that's your cash though, right? That's my cash. And, and, and let me mention something. I, I really um, hate a tough challenge that has an easy final. I, I, I think that's illegitimate. Okay. And you know, I, I found like terrain five challenges where you have to find a five one, five one and a half, etc. Mm -hmm. And then the final will be a guardrail cache. Right. And, uh, the whole thing is rated five five. Right. Because you had to find a five five to get it. Well, I think that's ridiculous. Well, my double fizzy challenge is a true uh tough cache right on top of a mountain you've got to have four-wheel drive to get there and once you leave your vehicle it's another serious hike to get there uh so anyway that's i really believe in that that, that you should accomplish both of those things yeah 100 agree with you and i know a lot of people don't agree with that i've even had people complain about it on some of my challenges they're like well i've already done the work you know yeah. that's how this works um but Thankfully to say, like one of our uh, one of our hosts on one of the other podcasts, um, I, I don't know if he's in the chat room or not tonight. Jeff? No, uh, Pathfinder. Um, oh, so Charles, yeah, Charles. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. He owns uh, Colorado's uh, County Challenge, which we had one for a while. It was just in the city. You know, it was old rules just like that. But now the new one and the only one in the state for Colorado is a 5-5 County Challenge in Colorado. But it's exactly what you'd expect, just like you described. It's at the top of a mountain, so you have to drive up there in a four-wheel drive to get there, then do your hike to get to it. So but it's marked as a 5.5, five, and even if it wasn't a challenge, it would be a 5.5. Five. So um, that's that's a legitimate challenge at the end of a legitimate, hard-earned qualification. So that's that's the way it should be. Um, and a lot of them out there aren't like that, and everybody gets to do their own thing. And, you know, we're, we're accepting of everybody's way of caching, but – you and I agree on that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah, one of my five fives was a uh, pill bottle that somebody had let their daughter place, and and she got to pick its rating, so she made it a five five, and it was Gosh. 
it was uh, accessible by wheelchair. Uh, yeah. With a and, you know, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. However, I'm not going to get about it in a shape about it. I'm not going to not find it. If I get there, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm leaving. But yeah, you know, but yeah I, I would prefer they are, like you say, too, you know, kind of relative to the challenge that was uh, laid out in front of you. Yeah. Well, you, you can get pretty you can get pretty out of sorts in this game if you start worrying about how, how other people played the game. Right. And, you know, that's it's it's a, that's what Gary and you know, I say all the time. It's there's so many different aspects and we have people come on about different things. And obviously we're going to ask you about your quirks in the game, too. Right. Because everybody has them. But uh, but you know what? As long as you're accepting of everybody else doing whatever part they want, you can have a lot of fun in the game. Yeah, I agree. We have, I think, uh, a very uh, varied, but we have uh, a lot of what I consider advanced cashers that listen and, and watch the show. And I'm always fascinated by certain aspects that people are involved in. And they, and they ask us sometimes about, about shows like that. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have uh, you, you two on was to talk about kayaking a little bit. Jesse's done some. I don't know. You, you got a. You, you now have a. Did you buy a full like a a real kayak, Jesse yet? Or I would uh, say real. No, I've rented you know real kayaks. Uh, yeah. Also uh, used inflatable ones. I've got an inflatable one. Yeah. Which is a whole different story. I say but, they're yeah. not real. They are real. You're still they're going real. out on. I mean, you know, if they didn't yeah. exist, I would have drowned. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I've rented them too for it. I don't own any kayaks currently, other than the inflatable kayak. So. Right. But still, that's that's really cool. Um, but I think it's interesting. Um, when I was younger, I'd, I've done a, I did a canoe trip. I think, you know, you and I talked about, you know, canoe trip where um, you go for a part of the day. I was with a whole I was with a big group. So but we stopped, you know, made camp and we did that for six, six days. So um, is that something that you have found that there's people that have set up caches where you could do multiple day trips doing kayaking? Absolutely. And, and not just kayaking. Uh, sure. River tripping is a big deal, particularly in the West, not right. so much in the East. But in the West, we've got rivers like the Grand Canyon took us 14 days on the river. Wow. And we had five rafts and, and a kayak and some other stuff. Uh, normally, we'll have a raft and multiple kayaks with us, and we camp each night. And right. the rafts we use are, are oar rafts you, controlled by one guy sitting in the middle. Right. And uh, these things hold about as much as a pickup truck. When we, when we ran the Grand Canyon, we had 18-foot rafts, and uh, they held as much as a full-size pickup. Wow, that's cool. We had a complete kitchen and a great uh, menu. Uh, we had camping equipment, all kinds of stuff. And every night we would stop as we went down the river. And, of course, a lot of these are in national parks. So you're finding virtuals or earth caches particularly as you sure. go down. But, but some of them have been grandfathered in that you know were there prior to that. Um, and some of them aren't, you know, some are in national forests where you can place caches. Right. 
so anyway, we love that. We we used to teach kayaking back in the 90s. We okay. had a company where we taught whitewater kayaking. And so once we quit that, we sold a lot of our kayaks, but somehow or another, I ended up with about a dozen kayaks. <laughs> so uh, we still do that actively. And uh, as I get older, I'm more inclined to spend time in a raft than a kayak, but uh, I still do whitewater kayaking. And uh, we have uh, a variety of, and then lately I've started doing flatwater kayaking too, which oh. uh, has its own challenge as well. Um, actually, let me tell you about uh, a cache that we did. It's called Kayak 10 Paddle Portage Paddle. And oh, yeah. uh, in California, you've got a lot of hydroelectric dams on the western side of the Sierra. And this is on the Bear River, and they're called Upper Bear Reservoir and Lower Bear Reservoir. And the two back up to each other. When Lower Bear Reservoir is full, the headwaters of it touch the dam that makes the upper lake. And so what we would do is we would, uh, you know, the idea is that you put in on the bottom part of the lake. Right. About a six or seven mile paddle to right. get to this the base of this other dam, and then you portage up the up the face of the dam. There's a path, and put in on the upper lake and go out to an island on the middle of the lake, and uh, there was a cache there. It was a mystery cache that was a projection from six miles away. So you can imagine. Uh, how exciting we were to try to you know, accurate that was. Yeah. It turns out that the year we tried it first, we didn't succeed. And okay. we went up and the water was low. And so that lower dam didn't reach the upper dam. Okay. So we would go up as far as we could, carry our boats 100 feet or 100 yards, put in another pool, go another quarter mile, do it again, do it again. We probably portaged five times to get up to the base of that second dam. And then we went out there and we spent two hours combing over that that uh, island and did not find the cache. Oh, no. But it was still a great day. Right. We had that upper lake all to ourselves. There's no there's no road that goes into that upper lake. Wow. The only way to oh, get right. there is the way we did. And oh, up in this area, right? Randy, up in this area? I'm yeah. showing the screen. And do you, do you see the, the, the little dot? That's about where that upper that upper lake, that upper yeah. thing is. If you were to switch to um, the terrain view, you'd see the, you'd see the island. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I can switch to satellite. So, right. Yeah. So there's the island just above where that cache is, the, the bigger island. Oh, the bigger island, right? This one up here. So anyway, we we went back, talked to the cash owner who was a friend of ours. He's a sadist, but uh, and he assured us it probably was still there. And uh, we said, okay, well, we'll just wait and see if anybody else finds it. Well, of course, the next year somebody does, and so we went back and did find it. So. Uh, two trips, and that second trip, the water was higher, and we were able to kayak all the way up to the base of that second dam. So wow. um, that was fun, and we placed the cache there uh, called "Sometimes You Eat the Bear," and sometimes <laughs> the bear eats you. <laughs> and uh, 
in in commemoration of this. So right, uh, it's over on the north shore of that, right across from the. Oh, okay, yeah. So, how many people were on that trip? Just two of us. My my friend uh, Jedi Trekker Richard and I uh, did that, and then the second time we brought a third person. So, uh, but. He's he's a great kayaker and leaves me in the dust every single time. <laughs> uh, he, he's great at flat water, and flat water you want a long skinny kayak, which he had and I didn't, so he he that helped him too. But mostly he's just a better kayaker. Wow, that's so, cool. That, that's cool. Uh, and actually, let me tell you about a whitewater one too. Any more questions about this? No, that's I like that. That's that's interesting. Well, I think it's interesting that you said, you know, you had a blast, even though you didn't find it the first time. Yeah. And you went back and found it the, the next time. And I think that's, that's what a lot of people under, have to understand that the people that find urban caches only, you know, it's either you find it or you don't. But when you're going out on an adventure, sometimes it is the, like you said, the journey, but it's the adventure that makes it, as much, yeah, you always want to find the cache, obviously. The, the adventure is the experience. Absolutely. Yes, or the experience is the adventure. Um, absolutely. Um, one of the first, the first five five I ever found was on the Rogue River up in Oregon. The Rogue is one of the original wild and scenic rivers established by Congress in 1968. It was set aside as a wild river, which means you can't build dams on it. You can't build cabins on the shore. Uh, it's kept in a wilderness state and we've run the rogue i think 13 times over the years mm. and uh there was a cache there placed uh, uh it's called the mule of a cache and mule of a cache is in a section called mule creek canyon and mule creek canyon is a gorge that's about two and a half miles long where rock sides up both sides wow it's skinny enough that you don't get uh gps reception in there <laughs> and um uh, so what we had to do is memorize the turns after this turn it goes left and then oh wow right, and then there's an eddy on the left and that's where the cache was up on the cliff above that eddy and on top of this uh, i don't know if you're familiar with the rating system but Whitewater rates things on a one to five basis. Right. One being uh, easy flat water and five right. being really tough. Well, this is class four. Oh, wow. And uh, the first time we went down there, I was determined to find this cache. I was rowing a raft and we had some guys with us and we pulled into that eddy right below the cache and we're tying the boat off and ready to make the climb up this not too hard a cliff, but sure. to where the cache was. And two of our kayakers came around the bend outside of their kayaks saying, help, help. Oh, no. So I jumped back in the raft and paddled downriver and uh, helped get them back in their kayaks. Well, of course, by then, you can't paddle back up. <laughs> not, not a class four. <laughs> and we decided, well, let's see if we can climb alongside the edge. Yeah. And uh, I had a friend, uh, son with me. He was 12 years old. And he says, I want to do it with you. And so the two of us climbed up that about 20 feet above and started moving 
upstream along backwards, the edge, right, right. Uh, upstream along the edge of that gorge. And anyway, at one point, I looked over, and this is a God thing. I don't know if you believe in that, but uh, I looked over, and he had come off the rock oh, and no. was in the process of falling. Oh no! And without even thinking, my hand went out and grabbed his uh, his life jacket strap. Right. Back in. Wow. And uh, I don't think I could do it. You know, if, if I knew he was going to do right. it, I could do it. But I pulled him in, and he just. Went, <gasps> yeah, I can. So anyway, we all, we almost had an E six there. Oh um, no! Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, he's he's now a grown man, and every time he sees me, he comes up and gives me a hug. Yeah, bet. <laughs> anyway, so we didn't get it. Oh well, but you saved him. And uh, but uh, yeah, which is cool. <laughs> but um, so we ran it again in the fall. We yeah. ran again in October, and I told the kayakers, I says, I don't care. No matter <laughs> what happens right. to you, uh, I am not going to – I'm not going to And I had my son with me. My son is a United States Marine right. and very, very athletic. And we pulled into that little eddy and climbed up, and there was a cache. Everything was, was fine. First to find on this cache that had been there for a while, and wow. – uh, and it was it was very satisfying. So anyway, that was an example of a whitewater cache. Oh, and no one had ever found that cache, even because what was what was the time frame between the first time you attempted it and the second time? Oh, it was just a matter of months. We probably oh, okay. it in June and again in October. So, but still, nobody. Yeah. I mean, that FTF sat out there all that time. Not that again. Well, there are a lot of geocaching boaters. Uh, at least not whitewater boaters. Yeah. Whitewater boating's kind of rare. Yeah. We, we we started doing it years ago and and you actually see the same names on the logs. Sure. Uh, I'll place a cache and they'll find it, or they'll place a cache and I'll find it. And we've never met these people, but we see each other name on the log. Right. Know, the Salmon River or the Rogue or the Tuolumne or what or these various rivers. Right. And, uh, Anyway, the river tripping is, is an amazing hobby or, or thing. For many years of our lives, up until just the last few years, that was our summer vacation every year, is, is some kind of a river trip, river and trip. sometimes multiple trips. Uh, and by the way, these rivers all have quotas and a permit system and usually some kind of lottery to get on them. So for oh, example, the Grand Canyon, you only have like a one out of a hundred chance of being drawn for a permit. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. It took us 18 years from the time we first applied till we got our, till we launched on the Grand Canyon. And the Salmon River is the same way. Salmon River is about a 1% chance. Really? But wow. Fortunately, we've got a group of, of families that all own rafts and kayaks and we all apply for the same river uh, each year. And sure. so if you have 10 people apply instead of a 1% chance, yep. 10% chance. Yeah. <laughs> We've been lucky enough to get uh, a lot of these permits that allow us to, to do some of these amazing rivers. Uh, we've done rivers in Idaho and Colorado. We've done the gates of Lodore through Dinosaur National Monument. Right. Uh, Jesse, amazing place. Mm -hmm. 
lot of history there. Uh, uh, John Wesley Powell, is where he lost yeah. one of his first boats, was was right there. We ran that same rapid he did and said, he must have been a wimp <laughs> because it was <laughs> we did it. But uh, anyway, we, uh, just uh, just amazing. And it's a great sport. It, there's, And it's a front-loaded sport. Uh, front-loaded means you spend some money to get your equipment. But once you get your equipment, going on the river itself is usually free or, or very inexpensive. Uh, and so it, it makes sense to do it. And my kids all were raised in kayaks and they all uh, know how to run class four and five type rapids. And, uh, and it's just a real character building for your kids. So we love it. It, it makes sense though. You know, when you're talking about class four and five, that's, it takes some skill to do that. You have to know what you're doing. So you're really combining two hobbies, right? I mean, it's, your standard geocache, a hike in the woods, most people outside of the extreme ones can hike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, it can even camp and do some extended hikes. But when you're talking about rock climbing or, you know, kayaking or whitewater, that is combining a whole nother skill set into geocaching. So it makes a lot of sense. And I know there's, because we've talked to them, there's definitely pockets of areas where people have groups that go out and do kayak caching and things like that. But you don't see that as the average everyday. It's definitely a small subset within geocaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, one of our favorite rivers is the Owyhee River, which you've never heard of. The, the Owyhee River is in the south southeast corner of Oregon. Uh, you go 30 miles south, you're in Nevada. You go 30 miles east, you're in, you're in Idaho. Oh, okay. It's about a 50-mile section of just amazingly uh, scenic area that where there is uh, no civilization. Wow. I placed a cache there called uh, Chalk Bluff or Chalk, uh, Chalk something, Chalk Basin. Right. And Chalk Basin, from the spot where the cache is, you see no evidence that there are human beings on Earth. Oh, no telephone poles, no fences, nice. no roads as far as you can see in every direction. And this is high up on a hill that gives you an amazing view, maybe 30 miles in every direction. And uh, so we placed that one. And that one gets found relatively often, maybe every couple of years it gets found. Yeah, let's say. Year. Uh yeah, here's here's chalk view. I'll bring it up. That's the shot. I like that you put a photo in there too. That's really cool. Mm. On that one, the chalk chalk view. Chalk view. Yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of cool. Uh, but I do like the fact you put a little photo. So you're like, oh my gosh, that's cool. So you can see what the see what that one looks like. But that's a good one. Yeah. And on that same river, there's uh, what they call Devil's Tower, and it's very much like. The one in Wyoming, Devil's Tower in Wyoming, is a national monument. Sure. Uh, well, this is out in the middle of nowhere, and nobody knows it's there. But <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the vertical basalt cliffs. Oh, wow! In the river it towers up a thousand feet above the river almost, and uh, fortunately, in this case, you can walk around behind it and get up. It doesn't require rock climbing to get up, but it's still significant hike to do and we placed the cash on that and it's been found twice now mm. and i think we placed it uh when when was that placed there gary uh this one was put 
out uh, 2009. 2009, yeah. Um, God, it's low. It's only got one favorite point. Oh, wait a minute. It's only been found <laughs> uh, two times. <laughs> and I'm not positive that second one's a legitimate point. Yeah, I understand. Up there. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? But, but, uh, yeah, that's that that still that's amazing. Look at that. That's a great photo of that thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's that's, at the top of that. Yeah. Well, it's it's flat, on, it's flat on top with sagebrush, and and the cache is just a few feet from that edge. That right. There. Wow. So you walk a little bit further and peer over the edge. It's it's pretty pretty gutsy. But anyway, you can walk around behind it and sure. get up relatively easily. So. Yeah. Th this. This face would not be the best face to go up, in. <laughs> but you can see that you can go around it probably or come around the other side of it. But yeah, yeah, those are those those get Jesse all fired up to go get. When I like geocaching is in, in locations like that. If if I get out to a geocache and I can't see anything anywhere, I, I'm pretty happy that day. Yeah, no, I agree. You'd love you'd love this uh, the Hawaii. It's an amazing place. And uh, looks very much like the Grand Canyon when you're there. The river has one class four in it. Oh, okay. Quite a, quite a few threes. But, uh, Gary, if you're riding in the front of my raft, you can do class four. Okay. <laughs> we may have to book you for a trip. <laughs> if I'm riding in the front. Yeah, it, it's interesting. One of the rivers we've done, and in, in the United States, there are several just trophy rivers. Sure. Uh, the trophy river is the Grand Canyon. Sure. And we've done, done the Grand Canyon twice now. Right. And, but the next one is the Middle Fork of the Salmon River, mm -hmm. which is up in Idaho. Right. goes through the – called the River of No Return, and uh, then the main salmon, and the two together are 184 miles long. Oh, wow. And uh, we've done both of those. And what happened there is very interesting. We went on that one and we would go for these geocaches and couldn't find them. And come to find out that the raft guides that take commercial groups down right. don't like geocaches because their patrons would make them stop right. in various <laughs> places. And so the ge they had collected these geocaches along the way to, to make sure they weren't there uh, for people. Oh, no. So uh, we didn't, I think we found a couple of caches on that, but but not much. So most, mostly we would do a hike and not find anything. But, oh, uh, and some of the things you see, the hot springs that you find on these places, mm -hmm. uh, and, and not a hot tub, but a genuine oh, yeah. primitive hot spring, some of them right at water level, Oh well, you just you can just flip over from the hot spring to the to the creek and back and forth. Oh neat. Uh, some of them uh, cliff sides. Cliff sides, yeah. Wow. There's the most amazing hot tub in the world is on the main salmon, and uh, they went up there and created this hot tub that's big enough for a dozen people. Huh. Has brushes there, so when you leave it, you're supposed to drain it and clean it out for the next group right and, uh, it has water that they piped in from various springs to get the temperature right right yeah he's so gonna they, get the temperature up uh, 
and then a lot of petroglyphs. We found a lot of petroglyphs on these, and uh, in on the Grand Canyon, one of the most amazing things, and you've seen this picture, are the granaries, and the granaries uh, is where, or the granary on the Grand Canyon is where a tribe thousands of years ago or a thousand years ago, sure. all of their years harvest way up on the hill where it couldn't get stolen. Oh, wow. you're well over or, a thousand feet. Or damaged of, by water. Or, or damaged by right, water. Right. And hiking up to there. And of course, people have put caches there. And uh, usually, like I say, virtuals or, or earth caches of some sort. Yeah. And, I mean, those, those are some earth caches that have got some effort. <laughs> right absolutely that absolutely one, that was on epic 10 yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was so hot uh, we all about died and when we were <laughs> our second time in the grand canyon yeah uh there's one piece of civilization on the whole run it's 226 miles long and there's one place called phantom ranch and phantom ranch you can actually hike to right and they and they had uh, you could get lemonades there for two dollars or something, you know, yeah, that, uh, yeah. five dollars. I don't know, it was a lot, but yeah. when we were there, it was 118 degrees. Ooh, 118. Uh, 118 degrees, but fortunately, when you're on the river, that's not yeah. a big deal because you're surrounded by cold water. Well, yeah, it was the water was too cold to swim in. Right. Oh, right. Gotcha. So the trouble of being so hot, but we usually when you're hot, you jump in the river to cool off. You could not jump into the river because it was too cold. Oh, too cold. Right. Way makes, too cold. And makes so sense. if you, you know, your butt, they said you had five minutes before your limbs started, stopped working, you know, type thing. Yeah, they, and yeah. they give you ice headaches and try to wash your hair. Cause of course, if you're out on the river for two weeks, you've got to wash your hair. And so you sure. yourself a, uh, ice headache by washing ice, your hair. Ice cream headache. Ice cream headache by yeah. washing wow. your hair in the in the river. But it was very. It was quite an experience to be on a river that was too cold to swim in and too hot to be out of the water. Right. <laughs> it's sort of yeah. You're kind of the the, the extremes right there. Is and we had teenagers that wanted in that water. Yeah, of course. I guess, like you said, you'd have to almost plan. To be on the edge to get in and get back out real fast. <laughs> yeah, we sit with our toes in the water. Right, exactly. Um, so, um, a couple of other things that you guys have done recently. I know, you, you, uh, which is great. Y'all take some trips, summer trips, and um, been able to do, you know, some some different parts of of the country. I think is is great. We, of course, we have people from all over the country who, who watch and listen. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, you've done some, you, you, uh, labeled it as cross country in North, North Carolina. Um, what are some of the things you've done, uh, on that kind of trip? I guess your, your son and, and family, uh, they live over in that area in North Carolina. Is in the United States Marine Corps and, uh, first, he was stationed at Cherry Point, which is North Carolina, and now he's stationed at Camp Lejeune, so he didn't have a big move between the two. Right. But uh, so the past two, um, three, years. three years, we have gone on 
trips, and two of them have been back east. One was, okay. and then the one in between was to Alaska. So um, we've gone, you know, we usually try to take a different route, check out different states, check out di different national parks and state parks. Right. And uh, we, we, uh, we're getting old, but we camp in the back of our truck. We can, right. You know, we don't have a, we, 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 we carry a tent. In yeah, the we back carry of our a tent in the back of our truck. Cool. And uh, waterproof everything because it rains every day. <laughs> and uh, we go exactly. to a campsite and set up camp and, you know, spend the night, and jump in our truck the next day and drive another 600 miles or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. About 400 miles a day. Yeah. And, uh, and so this, uh, the, our two, our major trips were, you know, across the country and then, <laughs> um alaska yeah so, and this last trip was of course our, our biggest trip was this last one this last summer and of course it was covid 19 summer so all my well-laid plans <laughs> went flying out the window because i had reservations for every night for 45 nights oh. at uh hip camps uh state parks national parks uh hotels and occasionally you know, hotels so you get a shower hotels yeah everybody Every five days, you have to hit a hotel, and um, and friends' houses, places sure. like that. And uh, we were able to make it basically to Pennsylvania, all the way across the country. We had wow. to we had to cancel a couple of national parks because of COVID that they were yeah. not open. There's a couple on the north edge of the United States. Um, right. I'm looking up at the map. That's what I look at. Sure. Um, Voyagers and Isle Royale are were both closed because they require water passage and right. they didn't want any of the ferries and things like that going on. So we did we had to cancel those, but we did um, uh, Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, Wind Cave, Badlands, and Theodore Roosevelt. And, uh, and then we came then we came across the United States and got as far as Pennsylvania. That's cool. Before we had to change our plans. Oh my Pennsylvania was New York. And and we kept saying we won't cancel New York until we get there. You know, so the goal was to get to Pennsylvania and see what happened. Yeah. When we got there, things were worse. Oh, so no. uh, yeah. things were not they the COVID had died down, but they were still being hypersensitive, and they yeah. decided they didn't want Californians in their state because yeah. we were from a high-risk state, even though yeah. we live in a very low-risk county ourselves and have, have right. basically no COVID here at you, all. But you got, lumped, you got lumped in with all the other Californians. With a major big state, so we decided we didn't want to risk going. We were going to go through like 10 states. But sure. England, you've gone through. We were going to go hit every single state in New England, right? And geocache in every one, right? And we had some on our Jesmere challenge that we wanted to get that were in that location, and so we right. had to mark those off and find others. And so we didn't get to complete our 49 states that we were going toward. And uh, but we had a wonderful time. We changed direction, went down into West Virginia, and had a wonderful time with the, what is it called? Uh, uh, Berkeley County tour. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a lot of fun. A, amazing guy. Yep. I'd love to have his brain. 
yeah. borrow it he's for a while. Devious, though. He is he's very, very devious. Uh, but he is. He's very, 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 very helpful. A couple of times we called him and said, help. And, help. and he yep. was there. And, and so we appreciate that. Yeah, we, did his, we did his uh, gadget caches, which are all birdhouses in some yep. shape or form. Yep. And uh, and all of them impossible to open. <laughs> he is, he is yes. Very often we would say, "How did he think of this? How does he think of this? How on earth could somebody think of this?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. he so, is incredible. He would, he would leave, you know. He'd say, "Oh, it looks electrical," but of course, the way you opened it had nothing to do with the electrical part of it at oh. all. So he's really devious little mind. Yes, so he enjoyed his caches a lot. Spent four days there, and you know, just in, and then went down through the Blue Ridge Mountains and got down to North Carolina to meet up with her son and. Sure. A lot of fun with our grandkids, and and we went back to the Blue Ridge Mountains and camped with them. Right. And we took off for home, and we had a lot of time that we had. We were going to go to a to the Midwest Geobash. Midwest Geobash. Oh, of course, we canceled for that. That was canceled. So here we have an extra week. Oh my! And uh, we weren't we weren't coming home early. We were going to stay out for our forty five. Yeah, days. might as well. Right. You know, you're not going <laughs> you to come home. to go back to work or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, we just tootled around, and then we ended up in Colorado, mm -hmm. and uh, that's and we had a wonderful time. We just picked a spot. It was the little town of Floristan. 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 Yeah. And because um, it was near Terryall, mm -hmm. and from yep. there we just had four fantastic days, just exploring that area, just picking a spot, and exploring it. And yeah. Not even planning on going there except to get carry all, you know. That yeah. So it was just uh and how many caches did we find on our trip? Oh 163, I think. Oh wow, that's great. Caches yeah. And some very fun parks. And, and I think almost 40 of those were Earth caches. Oh wow, okay. Because of the national parks. Yeah, because yeah. of the right. And, and we drove we drove up Pikes Peak. Yeah. Yep. We Garden of God. Garden we, of we, had, we did a couple of adventure labs in Cripple Creek and Garden of the Gods. Yeah, those were fun and uh, just just loved it. It, it was just a great time. Uh, and Floristan has a, a group there that put out a whole bunch of history based uh, cool. churches where they would take you somewhere and give you the history of that spot. Right. We had fun doing that. Um, Lots of different days. So it's just fun just finding a spot. We'll find another spot next year. Yeah. With a trip to Black Canyon of the Gunnison, we had reservations there. So we couldn't, you can't change your reservations at the national parks. You make them six months ahead and you can't you just, move them. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to lose it because somebody else will grab it. If you, well, if you're to remove it, you just can't make it, you know, you'll lose it. And yeah, so you'll lose it. change that date. And so that was our last stop before yeah. heading home. But, yeah. That's a, uh, there's as far as Colorado, you know, we uh, Susan and I got to go. We've been to Terry all, so all of us in mm -hmm. that are currently podcast have been to Terry all. Pikes Peak. Um, Pikes Peak. God, we've all been all those places, yeah. You know, there's um, sure but there's <laughs> our trip to was we went to Fourteener, which was the the Woodstock that year. It was in Dent was in Denver or near you know suburb of Denver, but you know um, that's that's. Uh, one of the areas that Susan and I really like to go to, and I, we, you try to tell people too that, you know, 
yes, it's a long way for some people. You know, if you live in if you live in South Carolina to get to to, to, to Colorado is a, it's a trek, but you know it really is a it is a trek worth going to. You know, it's. And that's, go ahead. We have a beautiful country, and yeah, you yeah. Fly Absolutely. over and look down on it, or missing a lot. Yeah, yeah. And every, every time we do a cross country trip, and this is the third one we've done cross country plus Alaska. Right. We take a different route and sure. see something different. We we're up to over about thirty national parks now, and oh wow, that's great and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you can you can spend I don't even know how many years driving across the country and still be surprised by yeah. across. I mean, you know, well, the, the, the real, you can find it. The the real treasure this time was Turkey Run State Park in mm -hmm. Indiana. Oh, um, cool. One of my friends that I I grew up, I used to teach school, and and she went to the same church we did and whatever. Uh -huh. And I wrote her and said, uh, here are these two caches in Indiana. Which one should we get? And she says, definitely the one in Turkey Run. So oh, wow. Turkey Run. And we were just amazed. It's a state <laughs> park. I don't think anybody knows what it is except people in Indiana. But right. wow, what a beautiful place. It's this little slot canyon carved out of sandstone. Oh, wow. Active Creek in it with waterfalls coming off the side and uh, ferns and just an amazing place and uh, lots of earth caches and uh, the oldest continuously published geocache in Indiana. Yeah. And it, it filled one of our Jasmine squares. Which <laughs> That's cool. We don't want to put that there of that, that controversy tonight, but uh, yeah, congratulations either way on the oldest cache, right? Yeah. Well, anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The the other our other goal this summer was the Pony Express Challenge. Yeah. And uh, tell people what that really. Yeah. Tell people what that is because I don't know if they might understand. Tell yeah. tell kind of give the the background. Okay. Well, the, the Pony Express uh, lasted for what one year, dear? Eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah. yeah it wasn't long. The the moment they sent the first telegram. Pony Express went out of business. Yeah. Uh, but they were amazing. Went from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California. Yeah. And they happened to go through our hometown, which is Placerville, California. And the challenge is you have to find a geocache in every state that it went through that is related to, uh, to the Pony Express. So most right. of at Pony Express stations because mm -hmm. there were a whole series of stations in all of these states. And so right. you had to find Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Nevada, and California. Okay. And we have all of those ex except three, I think. Nebraska, and uh, we had just coincidentally got the one in oh, Kansas four. a couple years ago. Right. Missing Utah, yeah. Wyoming, Nebraska, and Colorado. So anyway, that was our goal to finish that this year. Cool. And the final is at the Pony Express Museum in St. Wow. Joseph, Missouri, which is oh, an excellent museum. You know, wow. a lot of little museums you go in and you say, I'm not going to pay 10 bucks to see this. <laughs> this was 
four bucks or six bucks, something like that. We got that. a senior discount. We got a senior discount. Yay. <laughs> uh, which highly recommended. Yes. Uh, and uh, they were personable and they had, uh, they talked about the history of each of these writers. And the right. average of these writers was like 16. And some of them were as young as 12 uh, because they wanted people who are light. You know, they, the lighter the drop. Yeah. The guy, the 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 more stuff you could carry, the more mail you could carry, and the faster you could go. And so a lot of these were young kids, and they lived. Uh, some of them lived into the like 1930s. Wow. Uh, really? Wow. They had their life stories, and anyway, amazing, amazing, fun thing. And that's what we did. Um, yeah. Owen East and Kate, from KC says, "Mo Pirate." In St. Joseph, Missouri, he runs that, so that's really cool. Yeah, well, actually, I think it's a she. Oh, it's a she. I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, they cool. have a plaque on the wall in the museum. No need. All the geocachers who finished this challenge. Oh, that's cool. that's a great idea. We now have our name on the wall in the Yay! St. Joseph. But it, it is fascinating. There's these the parts of history that I know. Me and Jesse's wife. Uh, are big fans of the well, Jesse kind of to an to, an, to an, I'm not a big history fan, not a history fan. I'm a huge, yeah. I'm and she but, tells me we're going to those places, so we go to those places. You go, you go to them, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's interesting. That's um, um, oh, she has another caching name. Oh, okay, there you go. But you, don't, you know, you'll miss out whether you like it's it or not, you'll miss out on those if you just fly over them, okay. Um, his wife, I think, has a different caching name. That's what Ryan's talking about. Yeah. A couple of our Kansas people are chiming in there, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of on the challenge side of things, I don't um, – you can't – you can no longer – you you can no longer do a timed thing, right, Jesse? Those are gone. Well, Pony Express wouldn't work either, right, because the Pony Express-related thing is uh, – that's not something that can be quantified. So those are those old challenges that we can't make new of anymore. Like pony. Oh, okay. yeah. um, Cause yeah. there's no stat as pony express related for a challenge checker, but you still have all the old grandfather ones in. So those are those really cool challenges that you come across out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, really cool. And, and, and there is a published list of ones that qualify, but oh, yeah. a bunch of others that were pony express stations sure. aren't on the list. And we didn't use any of those, but we we probably could have. We probably sure. challenged it. So there was a Pony Express station here, or there's a statue of the Pony Express rider right here. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And Still, one more thing that if you weren't a geocacher, you may not have stumbled across, right? Who, who knows if you could have found that or not? Yeah. 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 And, and that's – and every geocacher would give this answer. You know, what we love about geocaching is – it takes you to the most interesting places. Absolutely. Places you'd never even know existed without geocaching. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, like you said, next year you've got some plans. Um, again, you, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out, hopefully we won't have any issues even come May because, um, you know, we're, we're kind of helping out with uh, the Mingo one. Uh, the Mingo uh, Mega. So we're hoping, crossing our fingers, that May of next year we won't have any issues. But 
um, I know you guys are good about planning ahead. Um, are you? And I know she mentioned Hawaii. Are you? Are you still thinking that that's a possibility or? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we always think it's a possibility. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and we're not against forcing it. That's a bad uh, way. I should have said that. Uh, no, but we'll, we'll do it in our style. We're not going to stay in the Hilton on yeah. like Beach. We're going to go over there, rent a car, uh, and you know probably go to a secondhand store and buy some camping equipment. Yeah. And uh, or buy some cheap camping equipment and at Walmart, at Walmart, whatever, and then right. back when we leave and uh, and visit the various islands. We'll probably spend at least a month there. That's awesome. That's, yeah. a, that's actually our fiftieth wedding anniversary. So, yes, yeah, uh, congratulations. And it was supposed to be our fiftieth state, but New York got kind of got in the way. Yeah, but still, congrats on fifty years together and. Uh, yeah, that's that is that is great. Uh, we, uh, Susan and I, we've, we've been we've been to every island, which I thought was kind of cool to to do. Um, Jesse went. Was that last year? Two years ago. A couple years, I think. Three years ago. Yeah, I'd have to look and see. I think it's been a couple yeah. years now. Yeah, but still, that's um, still that's uh, uh, we both have had great experiences. I know Jesse said he really got to meet a lot of the Hawaiian geocachers. So if you get a chance, uh, you know, to, to, to meet some of them when you're in an event, you know, that would be kind of cool to, to see yeah. some of them. Um, Make a point of that. And actually, let me tell you an interesting, can I, yeah. one more story here. Sure. Uh, on our way to Alaska, we were on the ferry going North, the inland right. ferry from Prince Rupert to Skagway. Right. And we were trying to get a cash in every stop. And one of our stops was Wrangell. And we were sitting there in the lounge watching the ocean go by. And sure. we noticed some other people. And we said, those have to be geocachers. And we <laughs> ourselves. And they were VJ and RJ, or RJ and VJ. Yeah. Uh, w and VJ. RW and VJ. <laughs> and right. We're in the process of getting a cache in every county in the United States. Oh, every wow. Carriage borough in the United States. And Alaska was all they had left. Mm, wow. And, uh, Alaska, I think 11 years ago, came out with an Alaska counties or boroughs challenge. Oh, wow. And they got the first to find last year on it. Wow. Wow. Uh, so the, anyway, they we went with them up there, and just to give you an idea how serious they were, when we got into Wrangell, uh, we were only supposed to have one hour on shore. Yeah, the boat was late, and so we ended up with only twenty minutes on shore. Oh no! About a half a mile to where this cache was. Oh no! Yeah. And so we were waiting right at the gate. As soon as they opened the gate, we ran out. Right. Our were going to fake a medical emergency <laughs> at the time. And he had arranged, to give you an idea how serious this guy yeah. was, he had arranged an airplane from somebody he knew that wow. would fly us to the next stop. So if we missed the plane, oh my God. missed the ferry, missed the ferry we would go to the next, one. To, oh, wow. uh, the next stop, and we would have caught the the ferry again there and continued on our way. Uh, but anyway, they finished that. 
there's only one county left, and it's oh. the leper colony in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. The leper colony in Hawaii does not allow yep. place caches, and it's its right. own county. And so he's done every county in the United States except for that one. Yeah. So uh, pretty pretty amazing. And and he he's tried to get some kind of dispensation from yeah. uh, from Groundspeak, but they're not paying attention to it. But, yeah, uh, th that is amazing. Uh, yeah, when we were there, you could you could see it. I mean, we 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 could see where the the leper colony you know was and all that. But you know, usually, uh, like you said, I don't I don't um, um, I don't like you said I don't I, I I wonder if they could get. I wonder if they could do the reverse. I wonder if they could get a virtual put there or something. You could, I don't know. I'm like thinking. I'm thinking a uh, puzzle. Just right. over the county line with the finals in the other county. Yeah. Right. Finals on the other side. He's a pretty smart guy. I'm I'm betting he's thought of all the options. He'll, he'll figure yeah. something out. Yeah. So well, anyway, was, that was yeah. Kind of that's really awesome. Yeah. Because y'all have been some great adventures, you know, and um we uh it was fun. We'll have to do this again. Appreciate your uh coming on and, and sharing um some of these great stories. Gets everybody I know it gets me fired up to get back out on the road and, and doing stuff. I know Jesse probably feels the same way. So. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, and a lot of times we think about caching as a city event because that's where a lot of caching happens nowadays, right? But it's it's exciting to think about kayaking. You forget about the kayaking, and or some people anyway do, forget about the kayaking and the, the mountain climbing and the hiking and all that other stuff. And it, it's good to uh, spark that interest again and, even right now, there's there's a lot of people that have come into the game recently that don't even realize this because they found it during COVID. There's yeah. been a huge spike of people finding this game, and Absolutely. I bet many of them don't even realize that you can kayak or you can mountain climb and find a cache also. It's not just under a park bench, right? There's mm -hmm. tons of that out there. Or dive in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, scuba diving somewhere, right? So, yeah. 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 Well, again, thank you so much. Um Let's do our outro, and then we'll say goodbye to everybody. One second. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight, as well as our new format. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or Spotify, as well as at the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved with us in the chat room. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go geocaching. Well, again, thank you guys so much, and we're say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.